Hello everybody, welcome to Husky Talk. We are your host Ty Graver and Nick Ryder. Today we are here with former professional hockey player and turned Iditarod musher Jason Campo. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank You're you. Good. For, thank you for being on our show this week. Thanks for having me. Our first segment of the show is titled "Who Inspires You." During this segment, we would like for you to tell us a little bit about who or what inspired you to get involved in the Iditarod. Okay. Uh, a great question. Um, one of the big things that I that inspired me was when I was a young boy, I always wanted to run sled dogs. And uh, I played. I actually played hockey for a living, so I never really had the opportunity until I was older to start dog sledding. But I always knew I was going to run dogs at some point in my life. And it just so happened that uh, when I moved out west to Calgary, uh, we had the mountains and a lot of snow, so that's where the opportunity arose, and I was able to uh, capitalize on it. And get, we got involved and uh, started running dogs uh, on my own and with my family. So it was really exciting to be able to do it as a family. Thank you for telling us that. Can you tell our listeners where you live? We uh, live in outside of Calgary, about an hour and a half uh, north of Calgary, northwest, up in the by, in a place called Rocky Mountain House, Alberta, in Canada. We read that you began playing hockey at an early age. Can you tell us how you got involved in hockey? Uh, hockey, well, it's uh, up in Canada, it's pretty popular. So, as a four-year-old, I started playing. Um, and uh, played ever since then. And now my uh, my daughters are playing as well. So it was kind of my older brother played hockey, and then when my time came, I started playing. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun, and learned a lot by playing hockey. Did you have any dreams of growing going pro in hockey, or did it just kind of happen? Uh, no, I always had a dream of playing in the NHL. Uh, and in fact, I played a couple games with. Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, um, and it was uh, that was my passion. But I ended up with a lot of injuries and uh, a lot of concussions, so I couldn't go on health-wise to keep going. But yeah, that was definitely my goal and my dream. And having played at least a couple games gave me a, a real taste of what it was like. And then I played pro over Europe and London, England for a year, and then down and uh, played another year down in Louisiana. How did you go from hockey to the Iditarod? Uh, it's actually quite simple. Um, not really, but the the big thing for me was the aspect of the competitive side of it. So kind of the perfect scenario for me was the fact that I've always loved sled dogs and I've always loved dogs. And even when I was a young boy, I always had a, a Siberian Husky um, or an Alaskan Malamute growing up. And so when the uh, opportunity of competing, you know, in a race and do it, you know, instead of hockey with my teammates, my new teammates were my dogs. And it was a pretty uh, special moment for me. And the first time we did a race, you know, we didn't really have any idea. What, well, I didn't have any idea. The dogs knew what they were doing, but I didn't. And all of a sudden, being able to compete with them, just like I used to with my teammates in hockey, but now it's my best friend's dogs. It was uh, a dream come true, and that's where Iditarod was born, is 
if we're going to do this, we're going to go all out and uh, race the toughest race in the world. How do you think that playing hockey has helped you in running dogs? I think the uh, biggest thing you learn about uh, hockey and, and any sport growing up is you know how to get a, how to be part of a team and how to get along with uh, your teammates and how to set goals for yourself as far as you know what you want to accomplish individually and as a team and you know I think the aspect of you know playing through adversity meaning when things aren't easy you know you have to be able to learn how to push through in, in, uh, in hockey and it's not always easy and it's the same I did a rod is that you know one of the things is, is it gets really tough out there for you know the musher mentally and I think the biggest aspect that transitioned from hockey to um, the Iditarod and dog sledding for me personally was uh, mental toughness. We know that you believe in success through hard work. How does your belief in hard work help you in the Iditarod? I think the, the biggest thing that, you know, uh, I can tell you is hard work in any aspect of life is the key to success. And, you know, when you're now running dogs and competing, your hard work is not only for you, you need to, you know, your dogs need to work hard, but they also, you as the human, you're responsible for those dogs. So you got to take care of them and make sure you're providing them the best dog care in the world, nutritionally, training wise, and always put the dogs ahead of yourself and, and make sure that, you know, they're taken care of. So I think that that's one of the big things that you have to uh, take into consideration. We noticed that you were the first person from Canada co to complete both the Yukon Quest and the Iditarod in the same year. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun year for sure. Um, it was, uh, I didn't know much better, so it was kind of good that I did them both at the same time. So it was, uh, it was a crazy, hectic year, but I learned a lot very fast. And like I said, is you know, uh, coming from hockey and the business world is taking on challenges and, and really, you know, going all out. And, you know, there's no reason that if you set a goal and you set something that you want to do, whether you're younger, older, or whatever it is that you try to accomplish, um, you know, mine was to run both races in the same year uh, as a rookie. And, you know, we were able to finish both and you know, finished fairly successful and uh, and had a great team and was really happy about that. So I think, you know, that, that's something that, you know, we're very proud of. But again, it was, we didn't do, we didn't set ourselves up to fail. We did what we knew the dogs could do and what I could try to do. And and uh, I think we, uh, we came out on top, uh, both the dogs and I, and we were really happy about those two races. What makes doing these two races in the same year such a challenge? Uh, the, the challenge, there's a few different ones. I mean, the, the, the one challenge, so this year, the thing that's different for us, that's kind of neat and will be the first couple in a long time to do it is my wife and I are both going to run the Yukon quest. And then that's going to be, that's 28 dogs that are going to be running the quest from our kennel. And from that, we'll be taking the best 16 into Iditarod. I will be running the best 16 in Iditarod. So. I think what what happens is what's hard about it is that you know there's a lot of logistics. So now you got to pack 
or two 1,000 mile races if it was just me. That and then you have to have your drop bags and training wise, you know, you're going into uh, a thousand mile race a month earlier, so you got to start earlier and get your dogs ramped up so that they're able to do those type of miles and train, make sure they're trained properly. So, and financially, I think is another factor that you can't overlook is that it's more expensive because you're, 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 you need more equipment, you need more uh, food, you need more of everything. So that's another factor. And I think the other piece that people forget is, is the sleep deprivation. So, you know, when you're sleep deprived, for 10 days straight and then you're going to do it, you know, less than a month later, uh, not even a few weeks later. Um, you know, that, that's a hard thing to do too, is just the sleep deprivation. Has your wife always been into mushing? Uh, no, my wife was actually a hockey player too. We met playing hockey in, uh, when we were 16 at the Canada game, like a little mini Olympics throughout Canada. She was playing women's hockey. I was playing men's hockey. <laughs> And uh, that's how we met. But she was always athletic. And uh, like I said, we started mushing as a family. And, uh, yeah, she really liked it. And then she started racing, and she beat me in two races. And now she thinks she's way better than me. So we'll see what happens in the quest. Going back to your belief in hard work, some people want something really bad but won't work toward it. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I, I just, you know, nothing's going to come for free and nothing's going to come without hard work. And, you know, unfortunately, whether it's in school or in your class or if it's taking a math test or if it's, you know, finishing an Iditarod or, you know, trying to play in the NFL or the NHL or whatever your aspiration is to be a doctor. I mean, there's not a lot of people that just are handed those opportunities and just become, you know, those star athletes or, or those doctors is that, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And for someone that thinks that they're able to do it without hard work, even if they were to accomplish that goal and they didn't work hard, I guarantee you the person that worked hard would be a lot more satisfied and it would be a lot more gratifying at the end of the day to have put that work in and accomplish a goal that you've set. Some people carry special things with them on the trail. Yeah, um, I do too. I have uh, I always carry a special cross from uh, my grandmother who passed away, and she had given that to me, and it comes on me with every race. And uh, the other cool thing I always have, uh, my daughters make my playlist for my music, so I get to listen to the music, and it's a surprise to me what I'm listening to on the trail but it's always funny because they're the ones picking the songs and the playlist, so I, I like that too. What do you think is the most challenging part of the Iditarod Trail? Oh, um, I think there's a lot of challenging parts. I mean, technically driving your sled, the Dalzell Gorge and uh, the burn going to Rhone or after Rhone uh, are probably the most technical driving. And the toughest part of the race, is, depending on weather, you know, is when you hit the coast, um, if there's wind or snow or rain or whatever it is, you know, the coast can be very deadly. Not deadly, but just hard, very harsh the last 300 miles of the race. Our final segment of the show, we like to call Musher Mount Rushmore. You know Mount Rushmore, right? Yep. 
If you were to ask to replace the four present faces on the I Mount Rushmore to faces of the Iditarod who made a, a huge impact on the race, who would you include? You can pick mushers, dogs, volunteers, or whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a good it's a great question, and you know, if you put some thought into it, I think the you know the biggest thing with with racing or the Iditarod is that it's not just mushers. You know, obviously the dogs are are the stars of the show in my mind. So I think you know, dogs. If it was me, it'd be the dogs would be the first four up there. Um, but when I look at individuals, as far as you know, people that have been involved in the sport for the longest, and you know, obviously uh, the Reddingtons with their history and him being the founder, um, right through to you know all the vets and the volunteers, and are the ones that really make the race special. And the, you know, the, from a mushing standpoint, guys that have been in the sport a long time, like Jeff King or Lance Mackey or you know. Uh, Martin Boozer, those type of people have been in it for a long time, but you know, for me personally, I believe it's you know your it's your dogs that are the stars. And if it was for me, I would put for me personally, I'd put four dogs up there, four of mine. Um, you know, and that would be fairly easy to name them off. But I think the you know what I would say is probably you know the vets, the volunteers, uh, you know the founders of the race. And you know all the great racers along the way. And if you want four specific names, I can give them to you. But I kind of, I would kind of categorize it more as, uh, as as groups versus individuals. But if you want names, I can do it. Do you have anything you would like to add to the interview? Uh, yeah. How old are you guys? I'm twelve, thirteen. So what grade does that put you guys in? Seventh. Seven, wow, that's a fun grade. Is that is that just starting high school for you guys? No, we're still in middle school. Middle school, okay, cool. No, I think the uh, the biggest message from from me is is you know having started the sport uh, four to five years ago is that you know I think it's like I said, it's setting goals and working hard, and if you put your mind to it, anything's achievable. And going back to my first rookie year for I did a rod in the quest is a lot of people thought I was crazy trying it, but you know, we, we ended up being able to finish it and do well at it. And I, I think the thing I take pride in is, and I tell my daughters is the same thing is if you put your mind to it, uh, you can accomplish anything in life as long as you're willing to put the, the effort into it. That's my biggest message. Thank you, Jason, for talking with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for, Thanks for uh, reaching out and having me part of your show. Special thanks to Jason for joining us on our show. Credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the Adderall Trail Song. <laughs>